Hi, I'm Pastor Brad Johnson, pastor of Transform City Church right here in Richmond, Virginia. This is the You Can Transform podcast, where you can hear sermons taught by me, my beautiful wife, Pastor Quiana Johnson, and our ministerial team that will help you learn who Jesus has called you to be, heal from what's happened to you in your past, and become all that God has called you to be in your life. Because no matter what you've been through, your life is not over. There's still more ahead of you. So tune in every time that one of these posts to hear sermons that will change you, transform you, help you to catapult you into the destiny that Jesus has for you. We love you. Tune into this episode. Holy Spirit, now we all have situations in our life. We all have been through things, good and bad. We all have had promises that God has spoken over our lives. We all have struggles, no matter who you are from the pulpit on down. I don't care how anointed you are. We all have struggles. We all have challenges. We all have hurdles that we have to overcome, but we're doing about the grace of God. And there comes times in our lives where we have to recap, calibrate. We have to rethink, we have to reimagine, and we have to get back into the flow of what the spirit of the Lord wants to do. And so this, the title of this message, Holy Spirit. Now, what does that mean, Pastor? It means that there has to come a time in your life where you say, God, I've tried everything else. I've been in your will. I've been out of your will. I've done it my way. I've done it your way. I found my, my place and then I've gotten out of place. But I'm saying right now, Holy Spirit, now. Oh, God, whatever you want from me, Holy Spirit, now. Now is the time. Hold, hold that up. So Holy Spirit, now. What I need is now. Who you want me to be is now. Holy Spirit, now. I, I'm ready for you. I'm finally in a place. I'm finally in the posture where I can allow you to dig out and you can recreate in me uh, the image of Christ that is needed in the earth for such a time as this Holy Spirit, now. I wasn't ready three years ago. I wasn't ready five years ago. I wasn't ready two months ago. But Holy Spirit, now, now, the work that the Holy Spirit, that the, really the work that we need in our lives can only be done by the Holy Spirit. Jesus has done what he's going to done for us. Jesus took care of our eternity. Jesus gave us access to the kingdom of Christ, to all the, all the resources. But how to walk it out, how to live it out is the Holy Spirit's teaching is the Holy Spirit's guidance. So let's go on the word to Acts 1. Acts 1. Holy Spirit now. Somebody put that in the chat. Holy Spirit now. I know you've tried it your way. I know I've tried it my way. But Holy Spirit now. Hallelujah. We're living in an hour and in a day where our way doesn't work. Self-effort doesn't accomplish anything. Self-effort has screwed us up. Self-effort has messed up our government. Self-ambition has messed up our families. Self-ambition has messed up our churches. Holy Spirit now. I don't, I don't care what else is going on around me, Father. I don't care who else doesn't want you, but Yahweh, I'm crying out, Holy Spirit now. Holy Spirit now. Holy Spirit now. Acts 1, and I'm going to read from the Amplified Classic, Acts 1, Acts 1, Acts 1, and we're going to pick up at the third verse, Acts 1 and 3. It says, to them also he showed himself, speaking of Jesus, alive after his passion, his suffering in the garden and on the cross, by a series of many convincing demonstrations, unquestionable evidences and infallible proofs appearing to them during 40 days and talking to them about the things of the kingdom of God. And while being in their company, 
in eating with them, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the father had promised, of which he said, you have heard me speak for John baptized with water. But now many days from now, uh, but not many days from now, you shall be baptized with placed in introduced into the Holy Spirit. So when they were assembled, they asked him, Lord, is this time is the time when you will reestablish the kingdom and restore it to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to become acquainted with and know what time brings the thing. Oh, help me, Holy Spirit, the things and events of time in their definite periods or fixed years and seasons, their critical niche in time, which the father has appointed, fixed and reserved by his own choice and authority and personal power. But you shall but you shall receive power ability, efficiency, and might when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and the ends, the very bounds of the earth. So hold your place right there and go over to John 16. John 16. Holy Spirit now, John 16. John 16. John 16 and 6. John 16 and 6. But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your hearts, has taken complete passion, uh, possession over them. However, I'm telling you nothing but the truth when I say it is, it is profitable, good, expedient, advantageous for you that I go away. Because if I do not go away, the comforter, the counselor, the helper, the advocate, the intercessor, the strengthener, the standby will not come to you until uh into close fellowship with you but if i go away i will send him to you to be in close fellowship with you and when he comes he will convict and convince the world and bring demonstration to it about sin and about righteousness uprightness of heart and right standing with god and about judgment so these are very two very uh lengthy and weighty passages that jesus said to his disciples one after he resurrected one before his he finally had told his disciples in john the 16th chapter that he had to die on the cross and they were sorrowful that he would leave and he said no it is advantageous that i go he says because if i don't go to the cross that the holy spirit won't come he is the comforter. He is the encourager. He is the strengthener. He is the intercessor. He is the standby. He is the helper. He is the counselor. He says that I, my, my purpose, God, Jesus, who is God, said my purpose for coming in this earth suit called Jesus Christ was to get to the cross so that you would forever be sealed into your redemption if you put your faith in me. He says, that's my purpose. He says, now for you to live this life in the most advantageous way to the, the agenda of the kingdom of God is that I will come to you in the form of the Holy Spirit and live in you. He says, so it's important, it, it's better for you that I go. Better that I go where? Go to the cross first. It's better for you that I go on the cross so that your sins from now through all, all eternity be, will be dealt with, that you will be in right standing with the Father. And then when that righteousness happens, that right standing with the Father happened, it's good for you that then I would go to be with the Father because you're dear to his heart already. It's good that I will go to him because when I go, I'm coming again. Though I'm coming again in the flesh, yet at, yes, at the end of all days, I'm coming again in the form of the Holy Spirit to not just walk beside you, but to live inside you. 
And so it's better. See, right now, in the form of Jesus, God was, 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 was ministering to us. He was walking with us. He was doing miracles around us. But now he says, it's advantageous that I go so that the Holy Spirit, that I can come again in the form of the Spirit and live in you so that I can't, you won't do just miracles around you, but that I'll do miracles in you. It's advantageous that I go. And then we find in Acts, the first chapter, Jesus is about to sin. So he's already gone once, meaning that he's gone to the cross. Now he's about to go to the father. As he says, your father and my father. Hallelujah. He says now he says, but don't don't be sorrowful. He says, but stay in Jerusalem until what I promised in John 16 comes. He says he says, don't worry about times. Don't worry about seasons. Uh, don't worry about when this will happen in your life and when that will happen. He says, don't don't worry about being in good relationship with time. He says, what I need you to be focused on is being in good, intimate, a continual fellowship relationship with the Holy Spirit. He says, don't worry about the times when when when, when you'll get the platform, when this will happen in your life, when I'll restore the kingdom to uh, to Israel, when all these great things will happen. He says, what I need you to focus on is getting to know the Holy Spirit, which is God. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit has been given that men might know God intimately and become submerged in his presence by living on the inside of them. The Lord says the most advantageous thing that I can give to my to kingdom citizens, that I can give the disciples of Christ is myself. Hallelujah to the Lamb. He, he says the, the purpose of the Holy Spirit is coming is that you will be submerged in me. By me living on the inside of you, there's certain things that we that we cannot do, and I'm going to get ahead of myself, Lord. Uh, there, there's certain there we can believe in Jesus. We can have a book uh, that we read, which is the Bible, which is the Word of God. We can have all these things, but these things are tools that are not effective without the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit has come so that we cannot just know a lot about God, but that we could be submerged in God and inhabited by Him. See, in order, I'm not going to get ahead of myself, Lord, 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 Lord. Come on, somebody say, I want to know the Holy Spirit more. Holy Spirit, I want to know you. Put that in the chat, whatever platform you're on. Just say, Holy Spirit, I want to know you more. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, I need to know you more. Holy Spirit, I need to encounter you more. Hallelujah. 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 The Holy, the Holy Spirit is not a dance or a tongue or feeling he is a person that is God and lives on the inside of every born again believer, whether he is acknowledged or not. When you have put your faith in Jesus, when you have accepted him as your Lord, your savior and your master, the Holy Spirit moved in. Though the Holy Spirit can make you dance, he's not a dance, oh hallelujah. Though the Holy Spirit can give gives all of us their desires that a new language, he's not the tongue, hallelujah. Uh, though he is, though he is, uh, um, though he, he, that you may sense him and then you feel something on the inside, he's not a feeling. The Holy Spirit is a person that moved into you when you accepted Jesus as your Lord. The Holy Spirit is not a dance. Sometimes we're saying, oh, they dancing. It's the, it's the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is not the dance. The Holy Ghost is not the tongue. The Holy Ghost is not uh, the feeling. The Holy Ghost is a person that when he, when he, when when you encounter him and when you allow him to wash over you over and over again, you can you can dance and you can speak in another another tongue and all that. But he's not those things. Those things are byproducts of who he is when you allow him to work in and through you. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
the Holy Ghost is not a force, but it is God presenting himself in the form that can be contained or that can dwell in a human body. The Holy Spirit is, I hear a lot of times um, to try to, um, to not distinguish uh, the faith of uh, the faith in Christ from religions in the world, people would try to, uh, to uh, equate the Holy Spirit to the same force that other religions have. But the Holy Spirit is not a force. He's a person. He is God. Right. I know that sometimes even in, in theological circles, that can be hard for people to understand that we don't serve three gods. We serve the, the same God man, the man that chose to manifest himself in humanity three different ways. The same God that put on three different hats and came in different ways, but the same God. Uh, and, and so it, uh, he is not a force. He's not a force that makes you run through a wall. Uh, and he's, he's not. He's a person. He's a person that's taken up residency. He's a roommate that lives on the side of every uh, person that's put their faith in Christ. He is not a force. He is God. Uh, that, that he's the, the form of God that can be contained. Oh, I, I can I can break it down to you. So God, the father cannot be contained. The Bible says that he doesn't live in houses built by men's hands. The, 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 the God, God, the father and the role of father cannot be contained in a body. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah to the lamb. Hallelujah to the lamb. Hallelujah to the lamb. Hallelujah to the lamb. Uh, the form of the son could only be can only be contained in a, in a, a fully uh, righteous body. Let me let me let me explain that to you. The Bible says he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God him. So the form of the son, God taking on the form of the son had to be righteous from birth. Come on, where David says that my righteousness, our righteousness as human beings is as filthy rags. So the Holy Spirit, hallelujah, is the form of God that can be contained in a body. He can be contained in the body. Why? Because the righteousness of Christ has to be put on that body first by believing in Christ. And then the Holy Spirit can move in. Because it, it's the form of God, because if the father had came down into Mary, it would have burst her womb wide open. Oh, God. Had he had God stepped down in the as the had the father in the form of the father, had God stepped down in the form of the father into Mary's body, she would have exploded from the inside out. Um, but, but in the form of the Holy Spirit, Jesus says, wait in Jerusalem. And you've already put your faith in me. You've already been made righteous by my sacrifice. And so now in the form of the Holy Spirit, God can come again and live in you so that you can do the work of Christ, the extension of the kingdom of Christ in, in this day and in this age, that you can live right. Hallelujah. You can live for him now. You can speak well for him now. You can get rid of the struggle. You can get rid of the addiction because without him, you couldn't, you were stuck. Hallelujah. But when he moves in, now you have a right to something that you did not have when he was externally. Hallelujah. Not the Holy Spirit is not the is not lesser than the father or greater than the son, just a different expression of the same being. So the Holy Spirit is not the lesser form of God. It's not the greater form of God, because God is one. God is father, son and Holy Spirit. Again, it's the role that he's chose to play in him humanity as the as the good, good father who created all by his word, which is his son. Hallelujah. And he and he created it by what by what the Holy Spirit, that side of him. And he and that's the part of that dwells and lives in men. Jesus says it's better for you that I go. Because what you need to live this life after I redeem you will come. 
Yes, you have my words. Yes, absolutely. You have my words. People are writing it as Jesus was talking. Different disciples were writing them down. Yes, you have my word. But for you to get the full revelation of it, for you to fully be able to walk it out, you just don't need me with you. You need me in you. That's why when Jesus was was uh, given uh, given his disciples uh, was excuse me when he was uh, eating the last supper with them he breathed on them and said receive ye the Holy Spirit he says listen for you to really do the greater works you need him in you and you need to know that he is not a force he is not a dance you didn't see not near disciple dance uh, you, but what he says that I, you need to get him in you he's not a force he says the Comforter with a capital C that this person will come and not just live with you, but live in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is not a force. He is a person, not lesser than. And so, so I want to break this down. So let's go to John 4. John 4. If you're getting something out of this, it says that I'm learning. I'm learning. And this is put in the chat, Holy Spirit now. Holy Spirit now. Holy Spirit now. I don't know what I was doing before, but Holy Spirit now. I don't know what I've been through before. I know that my life has been topsy-turvy, but Holy Spirit now. Uh, you make all the difference in my life. Holy Spirit now. Hallelujah. I don't care what my addiction was before, but Holy Spirit now. 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 Holy Spirit now. Hallelujah. John 4 and 24. John 4 and 24 says, God is a spirit. A spiritual being and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth or reality. John 4 and 24. So we hear Jesus talking now. Notice he doesn't say that God has a spirit because sometimes we talk about God as though he possesses the Holy Spirit or that the Holy Spirit is his property. No, God doesn't have a spirit. He is a spirit. So I'm using this as, as a way of proving that God, God and the, there's only one God. Only one God. And he's it is, he is Father, He is Son, He is Holy Spirit. God doesn't have a spirit, He is a spirit. He's not the Holy Spirit is not lesser than the Father or greater than the Son. They are, it is one. He is one. <laughs> Hallelujah. So he God does not have a spirit, he is a spirit. So let's go to the next. So go to Romans 8. Romans 8. Romans 8 and 9. Romans 8 and 9. Romans 8 and 9. Holy Spirit now. Hallelujah. Romans 8 and 9. Romans, the eighth chapter, the ninth verse. If you're just tuning in, I thank you for joining me today for this teaching on Holy Spirit now. Holy, we all need the Holy Spirit. We all need him living in us and not only just being uh, in us, but being that us being immersed in him. What or submerged in him? What does that mean? That everything about me has been submerged in his presence. That 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 everything about me uh, that, that 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 is useful, that is needful, that it is submerged in him because it's him that makes the difference in the earth. It's his ability to use me that makes a difference in the earth. It's it, notice that Jesus's ministry did not have did not start until he was baptized 
in the Holy Spirit by John when John baptized him with water uh, in in uh, excuse me at the beginning of his ministry. He it wasn't until then that the Lord released him. See, it's something that happens. You're not released by God until you uh, you become aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. You can't you can't even be effective in the way that God really wants you to. You can do some things. You can give somebody the word of God, but when you begin to realize that God that God is not just a a, a big old man off somewhere but he is present living in you because you put your faith in jesus and he wants to use you but you got to submerge yourself in him saying lord whatever your will is i'm willing and it's not something you do one time it's something that you do daily saying holy spirit use me holy spirit is not my will but yours holy spirit let me submerge myself in you uh that nothing is seen but you holy spirit i'm willing to 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 to, to, to drown myself in your presence what does that mean pastor to drown myself it means that i'm willing to lay down everything for the leading of him it may not make sense to me my mind may be blown by it other people may think i'm crazy but holy spirit now because i know that the kingdom of christ can only come as i'm led by the holy spirit hallelujah romans 8 and 9 says but you are not but you are not living the life of the flesh you are living the life of the spirit if the holy spirit of god really dwells within you directs and controls you but if anyone does not possess the holy spirit of christ he is none of his he does not belong to christ is not truly a child of god but if christ lives in you then although your natural body is dead by reason of sin and guilt the spirit is alive because of the righteousness that he imputes to you who who is that he jesus in the form of jesus because he's given us his righteousness Hallelujah. It says verse 11. And if the spirit of him who raised up Jesus from the from the dead dwells in you, then he who raised up Christ Jesus from the dead will also restore to life your mortal, short lived, perishable bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Whose spirit? The spirit of Christ, also the Holy Spirit. So we see that Christ it says the, the spirit of Christ. That is so if what it what could it be besides the, what could it be besides the Holy Spirit? Because it says the spirit of Christ will raise your mortal bodies. What is that spirit? It's only one spirit, the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Somebody said the Holy Spirit. Verse 12. So then, brethren, we are debtors, but not to the flesh. We are not obligated to, to our carnal nature to live a life ruled by standards set up by the dictates of the flesh. For if you live according to the dictates of the flesh, you will surely die. But if through the power of the Holy Spirit, you are habitually putting to death, making extinct, uh, deadening the evil deeds prompted by the body, you shall really and genuinely live forever. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. We have to be led, meaning that we have to be sensitive to who the Holy Spirit is. We have to be sensitive to his prompts in us. We have to be sensitive to when he tells us go this way and not this way. When he tells us don't say that. When he tells us lower your voice. When he tells us speak up for yourself. When he tells us don't 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 go off. Let them get it off. Uh, get it off, meaning that let them uh, get off their chest what they want to say to you and don't retaliate. Don't say anything back. We have to be sensitive because the Holy Spirit is setting up for the kingdom of Christ to be expanded. 
See, you not you've just not been given the Holy Ghost to dance in the aisle. You've been given the Holy Ghost so that you if you submerge yourself in him, if you yield yourself to him, if you give yourself over to him, that the kingdom of Christ can be extended. A lot of what's happening in church culture where it seems like we're going astray and God ain't real is because it's not that the Holy Spirit is not there. Because, again, I said earlier that when you accept Christ, the Holy Spirit moves in, whether you acknowledge him or not. And so the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you is saying, I want to lead you. I want to guide you, but I won't twist your arm. I'll just continually suggest to you until you decide, Lord, not my will, but your will. But that Holy Spirit living inside of you, his purpose of living inside is not just to give you the best life possible, but that the kingdom of Christ may be extended. How does God extend the kingdom of Christ through people? Look at the life of Jesus. Everywhere that Jesus went, he impacted somebody and he impacted somebody. What? Not by might nor by power, but by what? The Holy Spirit. He impacted them so that the kingdom of Christ could be extended. And so the reason that we find ourselves facing church scandals and we find ourselves finding people uh, going away from from the from uh, the body of Christ and turning their back on the Lord is that they see people that that proclaim the name of Jesus without being led by the Holy Spirit. I'm going to let that sink in for a minute. We find people who have accepted Jesus as Lord, but not accepted his spirit as their God. And so we find people that though they they, they bear the name of Jesus, they still operate as, as, Rome, as we just read in Romans, that operate after the flesh instead of the spirit. And so what happens is the kingdom of Christ stops moving because we find more people that claim the name of Jesus, but don't acknowledge the work of the Holy Spirit that is needed in them and through them. And so we think that Jesus has given us a guaranteed seat to heaven and then left us on earth to live whatever we want to. And so we said, well, as long as you've taken care of my, my ticket, you've sent my ticket, everything is all right. When the Lord says, no, 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 I've left you here for work. Don't, don't leave Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit has come upon you, until you've been submerged in him, until you've experienced him in a way that you know that he's real and he's present and that he's not just here uh, to make the devil leave you alone, but he's here to give you power, that when you go out, you can be effective. That's what that, 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 that you'll be my witnesses means uh, in Acts, the second chapter, that you will be effective. Thank you, Lord, that you will be effective for me because I can, I can wear the Jesus t-shirt and I can tell people that I'm a believer and I can, I can go to church on Sunday, be on the usher board and be a minister or a preacher or a pastor. Huh, huh. But if there is no effective work that I allow, keyword that I allow the Holy Spirit to do in me and through me day by day, then I am ineffective for what I'm here for. See, God doesn't mind you having houses and having some money in the bank and, and having a, a good life and be able to go on vacations and all of that. As long as that doesn't take precedence over being submerged in his Holy Spirit, because it's in the Holy Spirit that we find the assignment. Let me keep moving. Help me, Holy Ghost. So God wants to be bonded with his people that uh, we would be like a like kind with him in every way. God wants to be bonded with his people, that we will be alike kind with him in every way. So God gave me a revelation of this uh, this week as he began to speak to me even before uh, today about Holy Spirit now. And the Lord says that let me explain to you, son, uh, about the Trinity, about who I am, about my expression in men. He says that the, the reason uh, that I express myself in so many different ways in the earth realm with mankind as the father, the son and the Holy Spirit is because I wanted mankind to be bonded with me in every way. 
I wanted him to be bonded with me again. I wanted them to become the same kind with me. We were the same kind as God in the Garden of Eden before the fall of man. They walked with the Lord in the cool of the day. They lived forever. They fellowship with him. They, had, they, they were aware of spiritual things and of his presence. And then when they ate of the fruit that God told them not to, they fell dimensionally. They fell in their perception of the supernatural. They fell in their ability to, to be in God's presence without shame or doubt. They fell in their ability to feel like they could relate to God. Uh, and so they began to hide from him. They felt like there was something, there wasn't a relationship that he was far off somewhere. And that if, he, if, and if he's interacting with me, he's interacting with me from a place of trying to get me instead of trying to be a good daddy to me and help me. And so the Lord says the reason that after the fall of man, I, I already had it in my mind from the beginning of the, from the beginning of, of time that I would do this thing that I wanted you all to be continually and forever bonded with me in every way that you will be a like kind as me that you see that see what where people do when they pervert uh the, the word of god and, and other religions is they say oh oh that's right god wants you to be a like kind of him because you are god the devil is a liar no being a like kind does not mean that you become them it means that you become like them hallelujah and so i give you an example my son my son is the same kind as me. If you check his DNA, it's like mine. There's certain things as he get older, he's like me. He may talk like he may walk like me, but he will never be me. He is just after my kind. And so when people see him, they will say, you remind me of him. You operate like him. You, you talk like him. Uh, God uses you in a similar way to me. I know you're not your daddy, but you're so much similar to him. He's become my kind. Hallelujah to the lamb. So God wants to be bonded with his people, that we will be like kind with him in every way. So he so what God did is he put a plan in earth. Hallelujah. Uh, and so he wanted us to be like kind with him in flesh. Let me prove it to you. He wanted us to be like kind with him in flesh. Hallelujah. So go to Hebrews 4 and 15. Hebrews 4 and 15. If you're getting something out of this, put it in the chat. I am getting something out of this pastor. The Lord say, if, if, if you really believe it, say the Lord is speaking to me through this pastor because the, the Lord has need of you. That's why the Holy Spirit wants you to know him and be acquainted with him. He wants your life to be changed. He wants the depression to go. He wants the anxiety to go. Uh, some of us are submerged in depression and anxiety when the Holy Spirit says, I want you to be submerged in me. And then those things have got to flee because they flee from my presence. Hallelujah. And so, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. John 4 and 15. John 4 and 15, John 4 and 15. So God wants us to be bonded with him in every way. That's why he's, he's shown up throughout history and, 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 he's, and he's engaged with mankind and interrupted our patterns in so many ways, John 4 and 15. So he wants us to be bonded with him in the flesh. John 4 and 15 says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to understand and sympathize and have, and have a shared feeling with our weaknesses, and infirmities and liabilities to the assault of temptation, but one who has been tempted in every respect as we are, yet without sinning. What does this mean? So the Lord says, I wanted my people to be my kind, so I had to bond with them in every way. So in order for me to bond with them after the flesh, I will put on flesh and I will live among them. This scripture says that, that we don't have a God or we don't have a high priest speaking of Jesus who cannot is not uh, moved with our slightest suffering, but was tempted, meaning that I got in the flesh. Hallelujah. I got in the flesh to show you that, that you can be the same kind as me, even in flesh. So I'll put on an earth suit and I'll come in a body 
and through the, by being led of the Holy Spirit, I will live a sinless life and I'll die on a cross for you. So you can under so that you will know that we that, that you know, when somebody goes through the same experience as you, you'd be like, oh, you like me. God said, yeah, I want to show you that I'm like you, that I want you to be bonded with me in the flesh, that in the flesh you can still live for me in the flesh. You can be after my kind when you let the Holy Spirit move in. The Bible says that Jesus did nothing without being led of the Holy Spirit. So I wanted to show you that after the flesh. I want to bond with you. And so I will put on an earth suit. I will come through a womb and I will live in a body with you so that we can be bonded in the flesh. That I, I, I can't, it's not that I haven't experienced what you've experienced, son, daughter. It's not that I haven't experienced what you've experienced. I lived in the flesh for 33 years. I had all the, this says Jesus had all the same temptations that we have. There was women that probably came at Jesus. There was thoughts that probably the devil brought to Jesus's mind. There were attitudes that Jesus wanted to go off. Sometimes there's sometimes he wanted to flex big on people. He wanted to stun on people. Sometimes he says, so you, I bonded with you after the flesh by coming in the flesh and letting you know that no, you can still live by the power of the Holy spirit. You can still be guided by the Holy spirit. You don't have a high priest that don't know what it means to be a human being. Sometimes we allow people, that are outside of the kingdom to tell us who our God is. Well, that was Jesus. You know, he won't like man. Sure he was. The Bible says he wasn't like what he was tempted like we were in every way. He was like a man, yet he did not sin. Why? Because he refused not to yield, not to be submerged in, not to submit himself to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Oh, thank you, Lord. He bonded with us after the flesh. Number two, he bonded with us after the spirit. John 4. He told the woman at the well in John 4, we read a piece of that earlier. He says that if you would ask me, I would give you living water, speaking of the Holy Spirit, that you would never thirst again. And then the woman at the well says, give me that living water that I won't have to come to this well anymore. So God said, I want to bond with you, not just after the flesh by coming in a body. I want to bond with you after the spirit. I want to have a spirit to spirit connection with you. Oh, thank you, Lord. So he said the purpose of the Holy Spirit coming is so that you would know me. You could bond with me, not just and be my kind, not just after the flesh, meaning that you can live this life successfully without giving. And you know, we're going to fall. We're going to make mistakes. Right. But as we get back in line, that is being led by the Holy Spirit, then I can avoid the temptations that people that don't know God fall into by being led, submerged in, submitted to the Holy Spirit. He says, and not only do I want you to know me after the flesh or that I want you to be bonded with me in the flesh, I want you to be bonded with me in the spirit. Another thing about the flesh, think about it. The reason that God wants to be bonded with us in the flesh, the Bible says that there is no grave that we can go to see Jesus, meaning that he got up in the body again and he presented his blood before the father. And then the book of Revelation says that we'll live with Jesus on the earth in the in the in the new Jerusalem forever, meaning that Jesus will forever be in the flesh that right now in heaven. He's the only person that or the, the he's one of the only people that are in a flesh body in heaven. We know that that Elijah is because he was taken up. We know Enoch was, but Jesus is in a glorified body in heaven. He's in a glorified body because God says, I want you to forever know me after the flesh. So even when this life is over, when I've dealt with the devil and we're living in the new Jerusalem forever, Jesus will still be in a physical body. And so will you and I, because he says one way that I want you always to be bonded with me is after the flesh. 
Oh, thank you, Lord. Then he says, I want you to be bonded with me after the spirit. I've given you my spirit. I've given you living water that you wouldn't have to thirst, that you wouldn't have to look for anybody anywhere else, that you would know that I am with you and that I am in you and that, that we can be bonded, that we could communicate spirit to spirit, that you can hear from me spirit to spirit, that you can see me spirit to spirit. There was times when Paul says I was caught up in the spirit because while he was bonded with God in the Holy Ghost, in the Holy Spirit. Number three, he wants us to be bonded in the flesh with them. He wants us to be bonded with them in the spirit. He wants us to be bonded with him in the family. God bonded us by the flesh. He bonded us by the spirit. And he bonded with us by making us family. You are taken out of what, what not saying that you're not in it in the natural sense, but your, your nature, your kind is no longer, I'm from the house of Johnson. My last name is Johnson. I'm from the house of Johnson. I got Griffins and Beverly's uh, in my in my lineage after the, after the natural order, but he's made me a different kind and he's bonded me and made me his family. He bonded me, not just by the flesh, not just not by the spirit, but he bonded me into a family. Go to uh, Romans 8 again, Romans 8, and we're going to look at verse 16. You, uh, Romans 8, 16. Romans 8, 16. Romans 8, 16 Romans 8 16 thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Lord God wants you to know in every aspect so the knowing being bonded with him in the flesh speaks of Jesus because Jesus put on a body being bonded in the spirit speaks of the Holy Spirit another side of God as I said now we're going to speak to the family is the father side of God. I sense the presence of God even now. It's the father side. That's why he manifested himself as the father. Hallelujah. As a good, good daddy. Hallelujah. As the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's, it's why Jesus said uh, that, I, thank you, Father, that you always hear me in the presence of the saints, that they will know that we have a daddy that was Jesus's daddy at the moment that will become our father after the, the resurrection and after the spirit had been given. Uh, and, the, and the reason why the spirit was given, that we've been bonded as a family, we've been bonded into a family. Uh, so let's Romans 8 and 16 says, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. Verse 17, and since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share in his glory, we must also share in his suffering. So he, he, he's bonded us in the flesh. He's bonded us in the spirit. He's bonded us into the family. A lot of times we think, we hear people say, everybody is a child of God. That's not actually biblically true. Everybody is the creation of God. But it's those who have accepted Christ as their Lord, their Savior, and master who have been bonded into his family. And so he, 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 it's good news to know that, that God, you're with me and because of what Jesus has done. I now recognize, I now know that Lord, I can live this life, Lord, that I'm not going through nothing that you haven't gone through yourself. Lord, you're not telling me to stay away from something that you didn't have to stay away from yourself, Lord, because you came in the earth too, and you put on a body and Lord, you're not telling me to obey my parents and you didn't obey yours because you put on a, a flesh suit. And when your parents scolded you for being in the temple teaching at 12, you submitted yourself to them and said, all right, and, and went on with them, Lord, uh, when they 
scolded you. And the Bible says that you grew and you submitted yourself to your parents and you grew in favor with God and with men. And so, Lord, you're not telling me to do something in the flesh that you didn't do yourself, Lord. You said no to the devil when he offered you things. And when he told you he'll give you all the kingdoms if you would just serve him, you had to say no, God, just like I got to say no. So you bonded us after the flesh. Lord, you bonded us by the spirit because just like the Holy Spirit came upon you and you were baptized in the Holy Spirit in the Jordan River. So I had an encounter with you myself in Savannah, Georgia at a Cruffle Dollar service where you bonded with me by your Holy Spirit. And I was baptized in your Holy Spirit with the ability to pray in other tongues. And you've given me encounter after encounter to let me know that you are with me, to let me know that you won't never abandon me, to let me know that God, you are my God, to let me know that you care about me, to let me know that you're real, to let me know, God, that you're going to be with me until the end, that there's nothing that I can't face that I can't get through without you, Holy Spirit. You bonded with me, hallelujah, by your spirit. And then you bonded me, God, you bonded with me in, in, by your family, that you adopted me in an orphan, a Gentile who knew nothing about God, who was a wretch undone. You bonded into me by your family. And I don't know about y'all, but some of uh, some people who have never felt like they were accepted, they felt like they never fit in, even in their own family, who have never known the love uh, of a mother or known the love of a father, known a family where they felt protected or felt safe. He's bonded you into his family because you've accepted Christ. He says, I don't want you just to know that I'm your savior, your savior by the flesh. I don't just want you to know that I, I'm, I'm with you by the spirit, but I want you to know that I'm a father and you're, you're welcome in my family. You've been adopted. You become my kind by the flesh, by the spirit, by the family. That when I look at you, I don't see somebody on the outside that just needs scraps. I see you as my child. And no matter how many times you mess up, I'm ever waiting with a ring and a robe. Saying that my son or my daughter that was dead is now alive again. I bonded with you. I've shown myself as the father so that you can see that there is a good father that wants to love on you. That wants to give you identity. That wants to speak well into your life. That won't abuse you. That won't harm you. That won't let you down. That won't disappoint you. That won't leave you. But they are present help in an everlasting father. Hallelujah. All right. So I'm going to try to wrap this up in 15 minutes. So that was just my foundation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's go into some of what the who the Holy Spirit is. Who the Holy Spirit is. Or what the role of the Holy Spirit is. So go to our, we're in Romans, look down at the 25th verse, Romans 8 and 25, Romans 8 and 25, Romans 8 and 25. I thank you, Lord, for your presence. Romans 8 and 25, Romans 8 and 25. It says, and this is Amplified Classic, but if we hope for what is still unseen by us, we wait for it with patience and composure. So too, the Holy Spirit comes to our aid and bears up in our weaknesses, for we do not know what our, what prayer to offer, nor how to offer it worthily as we ought. But the Spirit himself goes to meet our supplication and pleads in on our behalf with unspeakable yearnings and groanings too deep for utterance. And he who, and he who searches the hearts of men knows what is the mind of the Holy Spirit, what he what his intent is, because the Spirit intercedes and pleads before God in behalf of the saints, according to and in harmony with God's will. We are assured and know that God being a partner in their labor, all things work together are in our fitting into a plan 
for God to and for those who love God and are called according to his design and purpose. For those whom he foreknew, of whom he was aware of and loved beforehand, thank God that he loved us even before we loved him. He also destined from the beginning for ordaining them to be molded into the image of his son. How will we mold it? By the Holy Spirit, molded into the image of his son and share inwardly in his what? Likeness. We share inwardly in his likeness by the Holy Spirit that he might become the firstborn among many brethren. And those whom he thus foreordained, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified or acquitted, made righteous, putting them into right standing with himself. And those whom he justified, he also glorified, raised them to a heavenly dignity and condition or state of being. So this, so number one, the Holy Spirit gives us the language of the kingdom. It's the Holy Spirit that gives us the language of the kingdom. This scripture says we don't know how we should pray or what, what type of prayer to offer. But because I have the Holy Spirit living inside of me as my roommate, he can speak in a way when I, my, my natural mind don't even know how to utter it. I can open my mouth and say, Holy Spirit, have your way. And it says because the Holy Spirit, because he lives inside me and he knows me and he created me because he is God that he knows what I'm trying to say from my spirit, the part of me that is, has been sealed until the day of Christ Jesus, the part of me that always says yes to God. He knows what the need is. And it says that the whole in the scripture that the Holy Spirit knows the will of the Lord. And so what does the Holy Spirit does? A part of his role in me and through me is to connect my words with God's will. And so when I uh, allow him to come through me, he begins to pray the perfect will of God concerning my life. So when I say, Lord, I got so much going on in my life. Oh, oh, Holy Spirit, I feel you leading me. Something's going on, but I don't know quite what. Here's my tongue, Holy Spirit. I can say, And though my natural mind, my English speaking mind, don't know what I'm saying, the Holy Spirit says, I got you, bro. I got you. I know what the need is and I know what the will of the Lord is concerning this situation. And so though your natural mind may not know, I can pray through you if you allow me to. And so he gives me the language of the kingdom because the language of the kingdom is always in line with the will of God. And so the Holy Spirit gives me the language of the kingdom of Christ. And then it says, because uh, a lot of people skip over this part, when I pray in the spirit, it says, and we know. That all things, he causes all things to work together for the good of them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Meaning that my ability to submit my tongue to the Holy Spirit is what causes all things to work together. Sometimes we're wondering why, well, Lord, I, I shouted all over the church and it's still not right in my life. Lord, I didn't, I didn't got all emotional and cried and what happened. But have you yielded your voice to the Holy Spirit? Because a part of of your life, all things working together is your ability to pray the perfect will of God because some of us praying some of everything because we're trying to do it in our own strength. And Lord, I'm just praying what I think. I need to pray more than what I think. I need to pray what the Holy Spirit knows. He's been given unto me so that I can be an effective witness so that I can extend the kingdom of Christ. So how can I leave him out of my prayer, yes, I should pray in English according to 1 Corinthians, the thir the, uh, 13th, the 14th chapter. Yes, I should pray in English, but I should also pray in the spirit. I should pray because I'm praying directly the, the, the will. I'm praying directly the language of the kingdom of Christ that causes the natural realm to have to line up 
with what the kingdom desires. So the Holy Spirit gives us the language of the kingdom. Let's go to Philippians 2 and 13. Philippians 2 and 13. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit now. I don't know how I've lived the day yesterday or, or two years ago or a month ago, but Holy Spirit now. Now is your time to have preeminence in my life, to have dominance in my life. My God. My God. The Holy Spirit just showed me a graveyard. And I see people getting up out of their graves. And I believe the Lord is saying, if my if my people will let me have the preeminence and the dominance in them through my spirit, we would empty out graveyards. And what I what I believe the Lord means by that is that that we would empty out the, the people that are dead, people that, that are on their way to the grave early, that we would empty the graveyard. But it takes us not doing our own agenda, not doing our own will. Come on, if you want to if you want to stop seeing your cousins, and your little cousins, your little nephews and your little neighbors being killed in the streets with gun violence, being killed with sickness and disease, that submit yourself, submerge yourself in the Holy Spirit and watch funerals stop. Watch, watch there not be as many people in the in the in the in the undertaker shop. A little obasika, you gotta, you come on. There's a kingdom agenda. There's a kingdom assignment that God has for you and I, and we cannot do it by just knowing a whole bunch of stuff. We gotta be submerged in the Holy Ghost, and we have to obey Him when He speaks. Oh, thank you, Lord. Philippians two and thirteen says, "Not in your own strength, for it is God who is all the while effectually at work in you, energizing and creating in you the power and desire." both to will and to work for his good pleasure and satisfaction and delight. I'm going to read it again, First uh, Philippians 2 and 13. Not in your own strength, for it is God who is all the while effectually at work in you. In you how? Through how? In the form of the Holy Spirit, energizing and creating in you the power and the desire, both to will and to work, for his good pleasure and satisfaction and delight. So number two, the Holy Spirit empowers us to do God's will. You can't effectively do God's will without the Holy Spirit because it says it's not in your self-effort. It's not in your own strength. It takes the Holy Spirit giving, working in you, creating something in you that's not naturally there. Because the Bible says after the God, the, after our own sinful nature, we can do nothing to please the Lord. It takes the Holy Spirit moving in and you acknowledging him. Because he moved in, whether you acknowledge him or not, if you accepted Jesus, he moved in. He just won't override your will. But when you start saying, Holy Spirit, I know you're here with me. I, there's been times where I've been attacked in my body with sickness and pain in my spine. And I've said, Holy Spirit, I invite you to help me in this moment because you live in this body with me. Holy Spirit, I can't do this by myself. 
Come on, sometimes I've had to take 800 milligram uh, ibuprofen just to be able to go to sleep at night from the pain. And I've had to say, Holy Spirit, I know you live in this body with me. I know, God, you dwell in me by your spirit. Lord, I need you to help me with this. Give me your will, God. Give me your desire, Lord. How do I overcome this thing? I need you in this moment. Come on, he gives, uh, he, we can only do the will being led and direct. You can't do it in your own way. I think, the, I think this will be good for the body of Christ. But is it what the spirit wants you to do? Well, I'm just trying to be helpful. It's wonderful to have the, the, the zeal to want to be helpful. But what is the spirit leading you to do? Because you may be in somebody else's assignment when the spirit of the Lord needs you over here. Come on, you cutting wood when you should be building the wall. And it, it can't say, well, well, what should I do? Sometimes the Lord, will, through the Holy Spirit, will give it to your pastor or your leader or your friend. But the Holy Spirit, a lot of times in our life, the Holy Spirit is saying, listen, I'm not going to keep on speaking through people. I want you to develop a relationship. Will you hear me? I will use other people to confirm it because we all need checks and balances. I'll use somebody else to confirm it or to speak a word to confirm what I'm saying to you. But I need you to hear me. I need you finally to get intimately acquainted, acquainted with me. You, you've put your faith in me as Jesus Christ. You believe that I'm, you believe that Jesus is the son of God. You believe he's died for the remission of your sins and got up on the third day. But now I need you to know that he's given you me to live in you. I need you to acknowledge me. The Bible says acknowledge me in all your ways. And I'll direct your path. Also, number three, it's the Holy Spirit that it's is the only way to abstain from sin. It's only that see, and this is a good one. The Lord shared with me this week. The Lord said to me, he said, son, let me explain something to you. He says, let me explain why um, I deal with a sin the way that I do in the New Testament. The Lord said to me, he says, when you look at anything that happened before Christ came, if you know, if you, if I don't know about you, but if some of y'all Bible scholars, if you ever look at the Old Testament, I noticed that Jesus doesn't deal with, uh, or the Lord doesn't, di didn't deal with um, sin the same way that he deals with. And what I mean by that is sexual sin. Notice that David had concubines, not that God approved of it, not that God told them to do it. But notice that you saw uh, righteous men sleeping with women, right? And, and yet God didn't deal with it the same way that he deals with it in the Old Testament. Or he doesn't address it over and over again. It's not that it, because the Bible says God uh, changeth not. So his standard is still a standard. But notice that God didn't deal with it in the same manner that he did. It did cut off pieces of their assignment as Solomon. He had so many strange women that he lost control of the kingdom. And so, but notice that God didn't speak about it over and over again. He dealt with idolatry a lot. He dealt with um, um, doing things like uh, witchcraft and sorcery and divination a lot, but he didn't deal with personal issues a lot uh, uh, of sexual sin or, or or all of those things as much as he does in the in the New Testament. Why? The Lord said the reason I didn't is because the Holy Spirit had not yet come. The Holy Spirit came upon people for certain tasks, but he didn't he didn't get in a body because the body had not yet been redeemed through the blood of Jesus. And so he said now. In the New Testament, notice that that David says that uh, David talked about how he that talks about how God that he was a man after God's own heart, even though David killed people, and even though David had so many wives and so many concubines, and he did all the, this crazy stuff. 
notice that Paul says, and people love this scripture in Romans, uh, Romans the seventh chapter. Uh, Romans the seventh chapter. We love people love to quote when they talk about the imperfections that uh, Paul says that when I wanted to do right, I was I did wrong anyway, and and and, and I and I tried to stop and I couldn't stop, and I'm paraphrasing, and I did all the things that people use that now, but God says notice that Paul said that before he had put it. He talked about his that that scripture in Romans seven is talking about Paul's time before he had put his faith in Jesus, meaning he did not yet have the Holy Ghost, and so they had no way to stop sinning. That's why they had to offer sacrifices in Alalobo Sokoria Taba. They had to offer sacrifice in, in sheep and goats. And that's why the Old Testament says that you never, uh, excuse me, the New Testament, in the book of Hebrews says God was never pleased with the blood of sheep and goats. He had he wanted to offer a body, a sinless body. Why? Because it could never please him. It could never fully blot out sin. It couldn't stop the want to. It couldn't stop the have to. So even though God, God gave them grace or gave them mercy because he said, I know you can't stop. I know you can't stop because I'm not in you yet. I know, I know I'm around you, but I'm not in you yet. So I know you can't stop doing it. He says, but I'm sending Jesus. And when I come in the form of Jesus and I die on the cross and I get up on the third day and then you receive my Holy Spirit and you're baptized in my Holy Spirit and you receive my Holy Spirit, then now the have to has been severed. And so the only way that you now there is no excuse because the Holy Ghost has moved in. Before the Old Testament saints and even Paul, when he's talking about when he was a Pharisee, they Pharisees specialize in trying to do it after their own self-effort. I'm trying to stay right. I'm trying to look right all the time. I'm trying to, I don't want nobody to think nothing. I'm trying to do all these things. And, and Paul says, even when I nobody accused me, though nobody knew I was messing up, I knew I was messing up. Paul says, though I was I was so strict in my 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 um keeping of the law that nobody ever accused me of doing anything wrong. Yet he writes in Romans the seventh chapter that he wanted to stop doing some things and he couldn't stop. Though nobody ever found out about it. What is it that we're doing that nobody knows about but the Lord? And then Paul says, but he says, but he said, and when I want to, I, I don't, he said, who would deliver me from the body of this death? And at the end of Romans, the seventh chapter, he says, thank God that the answer, how I can be delivered from the body of this have to is in Jesus Christ. Because when Jesus Christ died and rose and I put my faith in what he's done, his finished work on the cross, then he lives in me by his spirit and his spirit has broken the have to. The only way I can do the will of God, hallelujah. The only way I can do the will is by the Holy Spirit. He has to work in me the will and to do God's good pleasure. He's got to work in me doing the, the work in the will of the Lord. Number four, <laughs> the, the Holy Spirit is the only, he's the only one who reveals the assignment with specific accuracy. The Holy Spirit is the only one who reveals our assignments with specific accuracy. Go to Acts 13. Acts 13. If you're getting something out of this, say I'm getting something out of this. Somebody put it in the chat. Holy Spirit, have your way. Holy Spirit, have your way. Holy Spirit, have your way. Acts 13. Acts 13. I'm almost finished. Acts 13, Acts 13, Acts, the 13th chapter, and I'm going to read the first verse, start at the first verse, I'm reading Amplified Classic. It says, now in the church assembly at Antioch, there were prophets, inspired prophets, entire, aspired interpreters of the will and purpose of God and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger or Black, Lucius of Cyrene. Manaean, a member of the court of Herod and 
uh, Tetrarch and Saul, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, separate now for me Barnabas and Paul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they put their hands on them and sent them away. So then being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia and from the and from that port, they sailed away to Cyprus. So this scripture says that after Paul had become a believer, a believers are meeting at Antioch. They're worshiping and fasting to the Lord and the Holy Spirit said, set aside Paul and Barnabas for this specific assignment. It is the only is the Holy Spirit is the one that will teach you what your assignment is. The more that you get to know him, the more that you submerge yourself in him, the more specific it becomes. So you can the Lord could tell you something like, Lord, uh, you could have heard through a prophet. You're called to be in media. And if you don't spend time cultivating a relationship with the Holy Spirit, that is your roommate that lives inside of you, you'll be doing everything. You think you're supposed to be a journalist. You on TV trying to do things and you feel you say, well, I ain't seeing no fruit. I'm not seeing lives change through this because you, the, it's the Holy Spirit that can give you the specifics of the assignment. The Lord tell you that, you know, I've called you to music. You think you're supposed to be an artist where really you're supposed to be a songwriter or an engineer uh, or something like that. Or you're supposed to be behind the scenes, help being a man, a, a music manager or something, making sure that people are doing business with integrity or artists are living with integrity behind the scenes because you're managing them. And so it's only by and, and see, that's not something that the the specifics. The specifics is on, with, only what the Holy Spirit can give. So all of the saints are together doing a work for the Lord in Antioch. Yet the Holy Spirit says, I got a special work. I got a special assignment for Paul and, and, and uh, Barnabas. Set them aside and send them out to a specific place. The specifics of your life, of your assignment, what you've been assigned in the earth to do to extend the kingdom of Christ can only be given by the Holy Spirit. Yes, we need to know our word because the Bible says, I mean, the word of God is our foundation. The word of God is the word of, is the word of God, literally from Genesis to Revelation. But the specifics, the interpretation only comes by the Holy Spirit. The specifics of your assignment of how he wants you to do business, of where he wants you in the company. It only comes by you submitting your will and saying, Holy Spirit, I can't do this without you. Holy Spirit, lead me. Give me a vision. Give me a dream. Speak to me, Holy Spirit. Show me what the specifics of my assignment. And so if you're living your life like the Holy Spirit is just a dance, like the Holy Spirit is just the tongue, like the Holy Spirit is just goosebumps and tears, then you are missing because he is a person that's been given to you to help you to extend the, Christ, the kingdom of Christ in the way in which God wants you to do it. Hallelujah. Oh, this is a good one. Hallelujah. 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 The Holy Spirit reveals avatars and idols. Oh. I I I was driving when the Lord said this. The Lord said, "Don't you know that 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 by my spirit I reveal avatars and or idols?" It's the spirit of the Lord that does. He reveals avatars and idols. I know y'all saying, what in the world are you talking about? An avatar, by definition, Webster's di uh, uh, Dictionary, an avatar is an icon or figure representing a particular person in video games, internet forums, etc. Uh, also, an uh, avatar in religious circles is the manifestation of a deity or released soul or spirit 
in a bodily form on the earth. I'm going to read it again. An avatar, according to Webster's Dictionary, is an icon or a figure representing a particular person in video games, internet forms, etc. In religious circles, it is the manifestation of a deity or released soul or spirit in a bodily form on the earth. Oh, help me, Holy Spirit. And so if anybody have seen the, 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 the movie Avatar, the movie Avatar was all about these people who got into this computer system and they got these other bodies to walk in this realm or this this um, this nature of uh, this world that was not the world they were in. It's kind of like the Matrix as well, that they get another body in the earth to do whatever they're doing in that particular world. And so. The Lord said to me, he said, the whole, don't you know that one of the, the, the my jobs as the Holy Spirit is to reveal avatars and or idols? And I said, Lord, what do you mean by that? He says that my my will, my desire for everybody that is belongs to me, who has put their faith in Jesus, is that they will become my avatar in the earth. People are saying, oh, no, you're getting demonic, man. What you talking about, Pastor? Go to Galatians 2 and 20. 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 It says in King James, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So let me break this down so you can really get it. It says, I am crucified with Christ, meaning that when Christ got on the cross, the old me, the sinful me, got on the cross with him. Nevertheless, I live, meaning that though I died on the cross, in this body, I'm still living. It says, yet not I that live, but Christ that liveth in me, meaning that I have become a body or a vessel for Christ to live through in another realm. Whew. <laughs> uh, so we said an avatar is a body a figure that represents another in a game, in a system, in a, in a realm. And so the Lord says that, <laughs> he say, it says, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live in that I that live, but Christ is living, lives in me. The life I now live in this body or in this flesh, I live by faith of the Son of God, not in the Son of God, of, meaning that I have to live in this realm with the same faith that Jesus has. Then Romans 12 and 3 says that he's dealt to every man the measure of faith, meaning that he's given me the faith that Jesus had. He says, now that I've given it to you, you must live in this realm as my avatar, walking like, talking like, responding like, reasoning like, <laughs> comprehending like Jesus, but not in your own strength, not by your own method, but by the Holy Spirit. The Lord said to me, the Holy, my job is the Holy Spirit is to reveal whether you're operating like an avatar or an idol. So let's keep going. So let's go to, hallelujah. Let's go to Ezekiel 14. Ezekiel 14. Ezekiel 14. Ezekiel 14. Ezekiel 14. Somebody put in the chat, let me be seen as an avatar and not an idol. Help me, Holy Spirit. Let me be seen as an avatar and not an idol. Let me be seen as an avatar and not an idol. Let me just be the representative of what the kingdom of Christ is, who Jesus is. Let me move like him, not of my own volition. Because avatars in the movie, 
in, 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 in games and stuff, they only move by the person controlling them. They only go where the person controlling them leads them to. They only walk through doors. The person that is leading them, that is controlling, that they're representing, tells them to. They only go to the only, they only show up in regions where the Holy Spirit, where the, the one controlling them tells them to, Lord, help me to be an avatar, not an idol. Oh, come on. I don't see no, y'all not with me. Y'all not with me. I want to see it in the chat. Lord, help me to be an avatar, not an idol. Oh, let me be seen as an avatar and not an idol. Ezekiel 14. Ezekiel 14, Ezekiel 14 and 2, Ezekiel 14 and 2, Ezekiel 14 and 2, it says, and the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, these men have set up, up their idols in their hearts and put the stumbling block of their iniquity and guilt before their faces. Should I permit myself to be inquired of at all by them? Therefore speak to them and say to them, thus says the Lord God, Every man of the house of Israel who takes his idols of self-will and unsubmissiveness into his heart and puts the stumbling block of his iniquity, idols of silver and gold before his face, and yet comes to the prophet to inquire of him, I, the Lord, will answer him, answer him according to the multitude of his idols, that I may lay hold of the house of Israel in the thoughts of their own mind and heart, because they are estranged from me through their idols." Therefore, say to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, repent and turn away from your idols and turn away your faces from all your abominations. For anyone of the house of Israel or of the strangers who sojourn in Israel, who separates himself from me, taking his idols into his heart and putting the stumbling block of his iniquity and guilt before his face, and yet comes to the prophet to inquire of himself, of me, I, the Lord, will answer him myself, and I will set my face against that false worshiper, that false worshiper, and will make him a sign and a byword, and I will cut him off from the midst of my people. And you shall know, understand, and realize that I am the Lord. So idols, idols by Webster's, uh, uh, Webster's Dictionary, are idols are objects made with our own hand and crafted by our own concept and chosen to worship that distracts from our ability to truly see, serve, and submit to God. So the, the imagine in this time, it's very uh, interesting that in this time when idol worship was so big among Israel and outside of Israel, that when you hear all, all throughout history, you hear about idols like Dagon and Moloch and all that, and it's usually something crafted by the hands of the people who made that God. But in this particular scripture, God speaks through Ezekiel and says, it's not the idols that you're crafting with your hands. It's the idols that you set up in your heart. And then he says, the idols that you've set up in your heart are, are, are blockers by uh, or, or items of your own iniquity. Hallelujah. Your own iniquity and your own, uh, you put your own iniquity before your faces. What, what is iniquity? The sin tendency. What was the Lord saying? He says the idols that are set up in your heart are the idols made by your own want to. And the Lord said to me, see, it's the job of, uh, my job is the Holy Spirit is to reveal unto you whether you're operating like an avatar or an idol. Idols operate where you are at the center of everything that you do in your life. Everything in your life. And, 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 and the Lord said to me, it, it not only are you the center, but it changes based on your mood. So you would change. So you could have just gotten mad at somebody, right? 
um, for for cheating somebody or for or for or lying to somebody, and then and and so you're so mad, and so you're you're you call it righteous anger, and you tell them how wrong they are, and and all of that, and then the very next week you go and curse somebody out and cheat somebody as well, and yet you justify it in your own mind. You justify, well, they should have known that 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 I was going to act. They should have known, and they, it was their fault anyway. What has happened is you the Holy is the job of the Holy Spirit is to know that ain't me. That's an that that's an idol in your own heart because it changes based on your own stubbornness. That's what that scripture says. It changes based on what you feel it should be. And it's forever a sliding slope or a sliding scale. It changes. It's the job of the Holy Spirit as we submit to him to let us know when we've moved from acting as an avatar to an idol, an idol to who passed an idol in your own heart that you're sitting on the throne of your heart instead of Jesus, that you make the decisions and you decide what is now right or wrong. And you, it used to be the word of God. And you used to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit telling you, don't do that. Don't say that. But now in your own mind, you can justify any of your actions. You know, you've ceased to be an avatar. You're starting to be an idol in your own heart. You used to say, you know what? I can take correction. Now you can't take correction no more. You used to be quick to apologize. You don't apologize no more. You, you, the Holy Spirit is the one as you yield to him again that'll tell you, up. Oh, that's an idol. Tear it down. That's an idol because you weren't made to be an idol. You were made to be an avatar. You weren't made. To, you weren't made to drive people. Say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the captain of my own ship. No, you gonna crash the ship every time. You're not made to be an idol. You're made to be an avatar. You're not made to be an idol. Making the decision and deciding what's now right and wrong and acceptable in the sight of the Lord. If it keeps changing, it can't be God because the Bible says He changes not. His word doesn't change. It's settled forever in heaven. And so I'm made to be an avatar, meaning that I ask the Holy Spirit, lead me, Lord. And wherever you lead me, Lord, it's in line with your word. I'm made, we're made to be avatars, not idols. Sometimes we allow ourselves to be idols in other people's lives that instead of going to God, they always come to us. And we allow them to. And we don't ever say nothing. And so we are allowing ourselves to be idols set up in the hearts of others. Well, you a prophet. Uh, tell me what the Lord is saying. No, he's saying get in your word. He's saying develop a relationship with him. He's saying spend time in prayer. He's saying to ask to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. He's saying that he wants more time with you. He wants more time in the word. He's telling you to put down the Game Boy. I know that's old and I make that date to myself. He's telling you to put down the Nintendo Switch. He's telling you to put down the Xbox. He's telling you to turn off reality TV and spend time in the word or spend time listening to someone that's teaching the word of God. Get you a good podcast and listen to somebody that's giving you revelation about the issues of your own heart. Stop being an idol because you're, you're, you're dictating what's right and wrong. You're dictating how well, God must not want me to go no further right now. No, God is always wanting us to advance. He's always wanting us to progress. He never wants us to rest in where we are. He's always about sojourning on, sojourning, keep right, running the race. He says you must run the race as one that only one person gets the prize. And anytime that you can make and justify it in your own mind, you become an idol in your own heart and not an avatar. We should be the skin that Jesus is wearing. Hallelujah. People love to quote, sometimes you're the only Jesus that people will see. That's absolutely right. And we quote it when we're talking about being kind and, 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 and nice to people. But you're the only Jesus people will see when you by yourself, when you're in the bed with that man or in the bed with that woman. You're showing them the Jesus that you want them to see. And instead of seeing an avatar, they're seeing an idol. 
Oh, help us, Holy Spirit. Not just you, all of us. Come on, when you steal stuff and you don't think nobody knows, the Lord sees it. And he says, you're operating like an idol, meaning that you're determining what is right and wrong and what's justified. Well, Lord, you know I needed it. So I just went ahead and took it. No, but you're not You're not made to make those, make those decisions. You're meant to be an, an avatar. You're crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, you live, not you that live, but him that live through you. Avatars, the, the person who's controlling the avatars, the living through that, that's what the game of sins, uh, Sims is. That's what this new metaverse is all about, that you got a, something in a game that somebody is living through. You're made to be an avatar, not an idol. Okay. Last one. Hallelujah. Last one. The Holy Spirit builds up by giving revelation that complements and agrees with, but goes beyond what is written on the page. The Holy Spirit builds up by giving revelation that complements and agrees with, but goes beyond what is written on the page. Uh, let's go to uh, Jude 1 and 20. Jude 1 and 20. Jude 1 and 20. Jude 1 and 20. is uh, the second to last book of the Bible. Jude 1 and 20. Jude 1 and 20. Jude 1 and 20. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jude 1 and 20 says, but you, beloved, build yourselves up, founded on your most holy faith, make progress, rise like an edifice higher and higher, praying in the Holy Spirit. So the one another job of the Holy Spirit is to uh, give you revelation that is in line with the word, but, but goes beyond what is written on the page. That it says this scripture says, build yourself up in the uh, build yourself up in your most holy faith praying in the Holy Ghost. So we know Romans 10 and 17 says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so, yes, I must get the word. I must memorize scripture. I must meditate on scripture. But then a job of the Holy Spirit as I yield myself to him is to give me revelation that goes beyond what's on the page. So it's never going to contradict what's on the page, but it goes beyond. So I am built up by praying in the Holy Spirit. And I don't know about you, but sometimes when I pray in the Holy Spirit, God gives me new ideas and new thoughts and new revelations that I didn't have before I started praying. And not only is the word of God building me up, in my faith, because it says faith comes by hearing. I, not, not only is the word of God, oh, thank you, Lord, that's good. Not only am I being built up by hearing the word of the Lord written on the page when I hear the word and I hear the preached word and I read the word out loud and all that, but when I pray in the Holy Spirit, I'm being built up. Why? Because when I pray in the spirit, I'm praying the will of God. I'm praying the word of God just in a language that my natural mind don't understand. And so I am hearing the word of God until my faith is increased. My faith to believe God is increased. A new revelation comes that's not on the page, but is in line with the word of God. The Holy Spirit's job is to give me new revelation and, and more revelation that's beyond the word, beyond what's on the page. It complements it. It's in line with, but it goes beyond. And so many people have, 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 have led people astray have put people in religious bondage and religious systems because they refuse to let the Holy Spirit guide them. And so they said, nope, I'm taking at the letter of the word. Nope, women ain't supposed to say nothing in church without letting the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit help me to understand this because this contradicts. I know you don't contradict yourself in your word, Lord. So this contradicts with Paul having co-workers that were women and they went places with them and preached the word. Even, even Priscilla and Aquila pulled Peter aside who was an apostle that was with Jesus and taught and, and, and corrected him. 
not just the man, the man and the woman. And then you say, Lord, then you say in the book of Ephesians, women should be silent. And so, Lord, this is a contradiction and not, not they're not supposed to teach a man or say anything to a man. But Lord, then you say this in another place. You don't contradict yourself. It's the revelation of the Holy Spirit that goes beyond the page to bring it all together. And they say, oh, Lord, you were talking about a specific church because you say it in the book of Ephesians and then you say it in the book of Timothy. What is the connection? Well, Timothy was the pastor over the church of Ephesus. So how huh, you said it in Ephesians and then you say it in Timothy because you're talking about a specific problem in the church at Ephesus. You're talking about because they had the, the, the women were were in control in Ephesus because of the fact that there that there was the temple of Diana there where women reigned supreme and the man was submissive to the woman. And so they were taking over and disrupting the church. Ah, so Lord, it's not a contradiction in your word, but if I don't go beyond what's on the page by revelation of the Holy Spirit, I'll become legalistic and rigid and put people in the bondage to something that is not the intent or the heart of God. The, the job of the Holy Spirit is to build us up by giving revelation that complements and agrees with, but goes beyond what is written on the page. Listen, I want you to know today that the Holy Spirit is not far off. God has not given us a book and abandoned us. The Holy Spirit lives inside you right now if you put your faith in Jesus. He's living in you right now. He's just waiting you for you to invite him into deeper relationship. To say, you know what? It's just like somebody sitting at another table that's a genius. And you're trying to figure out some equations that you have no clue how to figure out. You know they got the answers. Why not invite them to your table and say, Holy Spirit, I need you at my table. I can't do this alone. I'm going to fail this test without you. I need you at my table, not just today, but every day. I need you at this table. Holy Spirit, I need to feel I need to feel your presence. I submit my will. I've had I, I've been the idol in my own life, thinking I'm right about everything, justifying every decision I make, whether I, whether I thought it was wrong two weeks ago. And now I say it's right this week. And then I'll say it's wrong two weeks from now. Lord, I've become the idol in my heart. I control what goes on and what's right or wrong. I use your word as a backdrop, but I make the final decision. Holy Spirit, help me to stop being an idol and be an avatar. That whatever you want me to do, wherever you want me to go, whatever door you want me to go through, that's the only way that I go because I realize that I can't do it without you that I was made for you. Thank you, Jesus. That you may extend the kingdom of Christ in the earth, that others that are lost would come in. Because see, when they see idols, they're used to that because every person think they're right in their own sight. The Bible says that uh, a man, every man think they're right in their own eyes, right? And so every the world is used to that. What they're not used to seeing is avatars. They're not used to seeing people that says, well, why you do that? Because the Lord told me to. Well, why you didn't go there? Because the Lord told me not to. Why are you doing it that way? Because I, I hear the Holy Spirit telling me to. Who is the Holy Spirit? He's the Spirit of God living on the inside of me because of Christ Jesus. And he's leading my decisions and my words and my thoughts. And though, yes, I still, as a, a free moral agent, have the ability to disobey because I know him and I know his way is right. I don't want to. Whatever he says, because it's bigger than me. Hallelujah to the Lamb. It's bigger than me. It's bigger than me. There's an assignment for the kingdom of Christ. According to 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, that we're ambassadors for him. There's an assignment to extend the government of the kingdom of Christ to a world that does not know him and that is on fire. 
Lord, help me to be an avatar and not an idol. Listen, if you don't know the Lord Jesus, hallelujah. If you don't know him in the pardon of your sins today, if you don't know him and you have said, listen, I just happened to turn on this. I don't know why, but I just turned this on. I, I don't know, but I'm, I'm on it now. And you don't know the Lord or you knew him at one time and you fell away. You know, right now in this moment that you turn your heart away from him. This is the moment that you can change all of that. It doesn't take a service. It doesn't take an altar call, meaning that you got to go to the front of the church right now, wherever you are. Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart saying, let me in or let me back in because I want to be close to you. I want to guide your life. And yeah, I know you miss it sometimes, but it's my righteousness, not yours, that makes my relationship with you possible. And not only will I give you a relationship, but I'll give you myself so that you don't have to, because I know you're going to fail without me. That's why I keep asking you to invite me to the table so that I can help you. And you can receive Jesus right now. You can rededicate your life right now. Just say, Lord, I realize that I'm nothing without you. I realize that I need you in every moment. I need you in every situation. And I want to invite you to live in my heart, Yeshua, Jesus. Jesus, I believe that you are the son of God. I believe you were born of a virgin. I believe you lived a sinless life. And I believe you died on Calvary's cross for my sins. And I believe you rose on the third day with all power in your hand. I invite you to come live in my heart, Jesus. I give you my life. I give you my, my will. I rededicate myself to you. You are my God. And I receive you. Just like that, you're saved. Just like that, you're rededicated. Your old has been washed away. And now you can move forward. Listen, if you are not baptized in the Holy Spirit, the baptism, I didn't get into that today, but the baptism of the Holy Spirit is available. You can read Acts 19 or Acts 8 or so many other places of scripture. The act, the, the Holy baptism of the Holy Spirit with the ability to pray to God in a tongue that is not your natural speaking language is available to everyone that calls Jesus Christ their Lord. All you have to do is say, Father, I believe that your Holy Spirit is real. I believe that it's available to me as a believer. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would baptize me in your presence, that I will be all that you want me to be, that I will accomplish all that you put me in the earth to do. Father, I ask that you baptize me by your spirit in the name of Jesus. And all you have to do is begin to worship God. Spend time, it may not happen in this, you may not see the utterance in this very moment, but every day this week, spend 30, 15, 20 minutes, just worshiping God from your heart. Get all the distractions away. If you're in your car, it's a great time. Turn on some worship music. Just begin to worship. Don't be afraid of it because God will never do anything to harm you, only to help you. And then you will begin to speak in another tongue that you didn't learn with your natural mind. The Holy Spirit will begin to use you to pray the will of God. You wonder why your life is chaotic. Have you tried giving the Holy Spirit your tongue and allowing him to come through you? The will of the Lord is waiting on your relationship with the Holy Ghost.